This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Our text has been Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We talked about this last week to recap real quickly. The objective that Paul was writing here, this is at the end of Ephesians. Ephesians is probably one of the most dynamic theological books in the Bible. It's a powerful book. It's got a lot of wonderful truths in it. And in the book of Ephesians, he concludes with finally. And so this is something he's saying that's very important. And he begins to talk about spiritual armor and standing against the fact that he indicates that we are not in a peacetime environment. That we are, spiritually speaking, that we're in a, a battling environment. And so he says, you need to be strong in the Lord. Now, the idea we talked about last week is we need to be aware of Satan, not afraid of him. Now, again, you bring up Satan, 62% of Americans don't even believe he exists. That is maybe his most effective strategy. If he can get you to think that he does not exist, that all the evil in this world, it's, it's God, that God's doing all this, that's one of the biggest lies he can perpetrate is, is the idea that God's doing everything. Listen, God is not doing all the evil. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and you have it abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's very easy theology. If it's killing, stealing, or destroying, it's not God, it's Satan. And if it's good, it's God. It's real simple theology, but that'll help you right there. Then you see something in your life and you think, oh, my little nephew is dying of cancer. Oh, I guess that's the Lord. It is not the Lord. We got a better Lord than that, and they killed small children with cancer or even big children with cancer. I'm, again, I'm going to digress, but let's keep going. The scriptures tell us to resist him, not to run from him. So we started talking about being strong in the Lord. Strong, and we said this, being strong in the Lord is being strong in what Jesus has done. Now, keeping in mind, this is a book. It was not written in chapter and verses. This is the very end of the book, and, and Paul just wrote him, and he told him in the very first chapter, he talked about these things. He talked about because you were in Christ, you have a relationship with the Lord. He said, you are blessed, chosen, adopted, accepted, redeemed, and forgiven. That's good news. That, and you didn't do that. That's because you have a relationship with the Lord. Those are the benefits that come along with it. How many of you go to work for a company and they say, we're so glad to have you as an employee? You say, I'm glad to be here. He said, there are some benefits with you being an employee of this company. And you go, no, I don't want any of the benefits. No, that's not, not, no, that's not right. You go, really, what are the benefits? In fact, you find out what the benefits were before you started working for that company because if the benefits weren't good, you were going somewhere else. If, true, if you had an option. So there are benefits. You become in Christ. Some people think, okay, I made Jesus my Lord. I get to go to heaven when I die. Yeah, you do get to go to heaven when you die. And that's a wonderful thing. But there are benefits down here on earth that you might as well take advantage of. I mean, know if you don't sign up for your 401k, they won't drop it on you. And there's a lot of things in the scriptures that if we don't know about them, you won't even, you won't even receive the benefits of them. If you don't know that you're blessed, chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, if you don't know, then oftentimes it leaves us out on the outside acting like beggars, acting like we don't even have a relationship with God. This is one reason, and I'm so glad to see this many people here on a Wednesday night. This is what we do. We find, we're finding out what your benefit package is. So, where are you going? I'm going to church. Why? Because there's a benefit package, and I get to find out all about it. Don't you have benefits with your company? Yeah, but they're not eternal. These are eternal. These work right now in my life. They're going to last forever. So we're going to find out. 
And what we don't know can hurt us. If you don't know. I'm so glad years ago we, we found out that, that, that God still heals. When the doctor looked across the desk, surgeon looked across the desk at my wife and I and said, there's nothing we can do unless we take her pancreas out and put a morphine shunt in, then she'll be, a, she'll be a, a diabetic or she'll have to deal with a morphine shunt for the rest of her life. And I remember listening to that. But I remember we got in the, in the elevator in the medical center and rode down the longest elevator ride of my life. When we got to the bottom, we walked to the car, we just spoke quiet. But as we started walking back in the car, we're like driving back all the way from the medical center up here. We're driving back like, don't have to accept that. I know he's a doctor. I know he's a surgeon. I know he's smarter than me. But we don't have to accept that. Because Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he still heals. And Joy and I begin to believe God. That God would heal my wife, who is the mother of my three children, and a young, at that time, Michael was a baby. And I'm just so glad. Someone told me that part of my benefits package and part of Joy's benefits package, when she made Jesus her Lord, was that healing came in it. And we were so glad. We're like, oh. <laughs> and we're like, I'm, I'm signing up for that. <laughs> Enroll me in that, in that right there. And I've got a wife who's still healed today. That was over, golly, that was 27 years ago. So we are grateful for the benefits package that does not wear out and they don't change it on you. All right, so strong in the Lord and what he's done. Paul prayed for the church that they would see and have a revelation. I want to hit something tonight that I, I'll be quite honest with you. I, and this is, this, is what, this is what I'm talking about. You can quote a verse, you can read a verse, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a verse tonight. As I was studying this out, I realized, you know what? I have never majored on this. I know Ephesians 6.10. That's, that's one that we have spoken, Joy and I have spoken over our life, spoken over our children. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Any of you ever said that verse about this and know that verse? That's a powerful verse. But I've always focused on the part that says strong in the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. It says and in the power of his might. Now, I, I'd never focused on the power of his might, to be quite honest with you. I really didn't get it. Don't look at me like that. You didn't get it either. So it's a, <laughs> I, I didn't really understand it. And so as, as I began to study it, I realized, oof, there's something here that we're missing. So let me go technical just for a moment here. Stay with me. And, and we're, I, I want to look at this and the power of his might. So the power is, is a word uh, power, and there's actually two different words. Power and, and, and his might are two different Greek words. I'm not going to give them to you. I don't know Greek. I can't pronounce it. I can read after people who are Greek scholars. And the man I'm reading after is a Greek scholar. He said power means to be powerful, outwardly demonstrated ability. Powerful, outwardly demonstrated ability. This is the same word that Paul also prayed that the church would have a revelation of. Let me show I'm going to show you a passage. Now, this, this is a great prayer. This is a prayer that you can pray for other people, and this is a prayer that you can pray for yourself. This is Paul is praying this, and he's praying this for the church. He, he said he prayed that God would give them the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Then verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding, another word for that is heart, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope or the expectation of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? 
and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now that's a lot theologically to swallow, just, but stay with me just for a second. Paul is praying not that the church would be blessed, he was praying that the church would see. So he's praying for Ephesus. He's, Lord, he's like, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is actually how Joy and I often pray for you. We, pray, we don't pray, Lord, bless them. We pray, Lord, let them see that they already are blessed. That's kind of a different thought. But Paul is praying that, he said that the eyes of their, of their heart would be enlightened. They would see some things. And he began to talk about that they would see hope of his calling what God's called us to, all of us. But they would see what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What belongs to us? That's that benefits package I talked about. What belongs to us in Christ. And they would see what is the greatness of God's power towards us who believe. It didn't just say towards preachers. It didn't just say towards incredibly uh, spiritual people who are so much more spiritual than you. It says for the the greatness of God's power towards us who believe. I don't know about you, but I could use some of God's power in different areas of my life. And so I was like, Lord, I, I need to see that. He said, and according to, he said, the working of his mighty power. That's actually the same word that we see in, when he's talked about in Ephesians 6.10, when he raised Jesus from the dead. He's talking about resurrection power. When, he raised, when God raised Jesus from the dead, you know, that took something. He, I mean, we don't even know how much it took. But he, man, he raised Jesus from the dead. And remember, Jesus was bearing all of our sins, all of the sins of mankind. And when God raised him from the dead, that was a powerful thing. I bet if you were around that, that tomb when Jesus walked out of it, I, I bet it wasn't quiet. I bet, I mean, all the Roman guards fell down like they were dead. Angel rolls it stoned away. I bet it wasn't a quiet time. It was a powerful time. And he said, some of God's power towards us who believe. Remember, I, I, haven't lost, I haven't gotten off my point. I said, I'm going technical on you. Hang with me. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Resurrection power, mighty power, outwardly demonstrated power. And might means it's a word indicating they used to use it to indicate someone who was very strong, very muscular, uh, great strength. So this might is attributed to God who is able, mighty, and muscular. Now think about it. God, through his great strength and ability, created the universe. That took some power. How about when he split the Red Sea? That took some power. When he raised Jesus from the dead, that took some power. When he redeemed mankind, that took some power. So, it's, so listen, listen to how this sounds. He said, be strong in the Lord and, and in the powerfully, outwardly demonstrated ability that works in you as a result of God's great muscular ability that is working behind the scenes. Now, I read that and I thought, wow, that's confusing. So here, here's a translation I really like. This is the Weymouth translation. He was a Greek scholar. He said, in conclusion, strengthen yourselves in the Lord and in the power which his supreme might imparts. Strengthen yourselves in the Lord 
and in the power which his supreme might imparts. What I'm saying is this. Here, here would be a great prayer. I'm going to be praying this prayer for myself. I'll pray it for you. You pray it for you. Lord, show me about this power that's available to me in my life. This is power that's available to me. It's available to you, to those of us who believe. When Paul wrote this letter, he didn't write it to preachers. He wrote it to the church. Be strong in the Lord and in the, and the power that his supreme might imparts to us. So Paul is about to talk about, because we we're not just dealing with regular stuff in life. We're spiritually in a, in a battle. And so we need this power in our life. So wouldn't that be a good prayer to pray? Lord, show me, reveal to me what your power is towards me. What your power is in my life. It will strengthen me. But here's the mindset it begins to produce. And here's where I think the enemy has lied to so many of us. When you begin to see that I can be strong in God, I can be strong in the Lord and what Jesus has done for me, and God's power can work in my life, that means I'm not a helpless victim. That means I'm not just someone barely trying to make it down here. You know, I just, I wish I could be a strong Christian, but I'm just so weak. Listen, I really believe that's one of Satan's biggest lies toward people. That you are weak, that you are helpless, that you are so not spiritual, that everybody else has more than you've got. And somehow when, when God was passing out gifts, you were at the back end of the line doing something else on your phone and you missed out. <laughs> and so we get this idea that, that we're weak, that we're, that we're and, and, and I was, as I was thinking about this, the Lord reminded me of a, of a story. When I was a kid, we used to play King of the Hill. You ever play King of the Hill? I don't know how y'all played it in Texas because everything is flat down here. I don't, but where I grew up, you had real hills. And if you were King of the Hill, it's a very complex game, but bear with me. The king stands at the top of the hill and everybody runs up and he tries to throw them down the hill. You get it? Complex, but it was a great game. I don't know if they even would let you play it today without a helmet. But anyway, you, <laughs> that's why those of us from the, from the 70s are kind of like, yeah. well, because we played. Because <laughs> we did a lot of things without a helmet. So, you, but if you're king of the hill, you were in, so you were on the top of the hill. You were in the position, you were in the winning position. So everyone would come up. You already had the high ground, so you could throw them all downhill. It's a great, great game. Played it. You used to stain your clothes. It was wonderful. Play, play it on grass. Don't play it on dirt. It'll mess with you. Anyway, we would play King of the Hill. And the Lord reminded me of King of the Hill. See, what the enemy likes to convince us of is that we're the weak ones running up the hill and the enemy's kicking us down and you kick down. You're a weakling. You're nothing. And when it says in Christ, we're the ones standing on the top of the hill. The enemy may come against us and we're throwing him off. We're the king of the hill. That makes sense? It was fun for me just to reminisce about you know, a life, life in the 60s. But, but, but seriously, one of the enemy's biggest thoughts is that we're weak. And Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we need to say, Lord, show me where your mighty power is towards me, towards my, towards my life, towards my family. I, I really believe there's much more of God's power than we've tapped into. So it's a, it's a great prayer to pray. So we're, we're praying that prayer. Help us see the importance of developing a, a strength mindset. Here's the reason we need strength. 
We're not living in a peacetime environment. We're living in, a, in, in the environment that we're living in spiritually is a challenging one. That we need strength to respond to the pressure in life. We need his strength to respond to the pressures of life. You've heard me tell this story before, but it's very meaningful for me. I was, I was coming back. Um, Joy and Matthew were living in North Carolina. I was flying back. I, was, I had to get a job. I'm at a Bible school. It was just a lot going on. I'm going to move my family back to Texas. I'm going to rent a U-Haul. Joy's going to go ahead. I'm going to haul it back. And I'm on a, air, on, a, on a flight coming back, and I'm just, I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm like, huh. You know, and I was like, Lord, I just felt like, you just felt like the weight of the world is on you. Didn't have much money. You know, just, you know, barely. I, I wasn't even going to be able to sleep in a hotel on the, on the trip back. I'm going to have to sleep in the truck. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, and I pulled out my, my uh, New Testament and I was reading it. And I came on this verse. But I, I actually was just, was reading, um, I'm sorry, it wasn't this verse. It was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who, what? Strengthens me. And I, and I found that verse. It strengthens me. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God can strengthen us. And I'm on the plane. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of complaining to the Lord. I know you've never done that, but I've done that. And uh, I, I was reading that, and I, and I read that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. Didn't hear a voice, but He spoke to my heart. He said, "You don't need less pressure. You need more strength." See, a lot of times we want the pressure to go away. Pressure to go away. Listen, there's just pressure in life. You you have responsibilities or responsibilities. I want a bigger house. It comes with more pressure. Oh, we want more kids. <laughs> yeah, see, y'all caught that one right there. You're like, oh, yeah, I know. I, I'm going I'm to change jobs and, and, and take another job. It's a promotion. That's more pressure. We're not, trying, we're not people trying to escape pressure. We're people who are believing for the strength to handle the pressure that comes our way. Does that, does that make sense? I talked to some pastors one time. They, I was in a group meeting, and they're, they're looking at me, and they said, oh, they said, <laughs> they laughed. They said, Oh, you've got a big church. You don't have, you don't have any problems. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, what kind of logic is that? He goes, well, I, I just, well, bless y'all's heart. And uh, <laughs> next one, let, let, let's, let's jump into this. Strong in the Lord and in the power's might that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we don't use that phrase much. Armor's given to us so we can stand against the wiles. The wiles are schemings. The word is schemings. Actually, the Greek word is where where we get a method. It's the schemings of the devil. Now, the schemings, um, the the idea behind schemings is, and, and this is a good thought to have, if the enemy could just come in and do anything he wanted in your life, he wouldn't have to scheme. Now, if someone walked up to me and, and they were trying to steal my money, and, and, they, and they pulled a gun and they stuck it in my face and said, give me your money. There's no scheming to that. That's just brutal force of which you get my wallet. <laughs> you got the gun in my face. You get, I'm not trying to be a hero if you got a gun in my face. If you can't use brutal force and you're trying to get something from me, you might try to con me. So I can't use force. I can use a scheme. 
How many of you know it's not the bullies in your life sometimes are the most problems? It's the, the manipulative people. The scheming, the scheming ones. Ones who are always working a deal, working an angle. We could go off on that one for a while, couldn't we? We'll just look straight ahead and go, amen. Oh, mm, mm. Schemings. So he says that we can stand against the schemes of the enemy, the schemes that he has. So Paul indicated that we are not in the dark regarding his method. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now devices is really the way he schemes and thinks. It indicates a subtle, crafty way of attacking our minds. And this is what we're going to jump into. I'll talk about it tonight. We'll jump into it next week. This is where most of the battle occurs. It's the battle for the mind. It's the, it's the schemes. It's, it's the craftiness. It's the subtleties that come against our mind. And this is one reason we need the armor of God. Because if you think about it, the mind is the control center. If you can get, if you can begin to manipulate someone's thoughts and in their mind, you can control that, you can control them. A minister I know years ago said he was ministering in a jail up in uh, the state of Washington. And it was one of those jails. He said, well, when you walk in, he said, you're standing at this door and a voice says, can I have your name and, and I see some identification. He couldn't even see anybody. So he he held it up to the door, the door opens. He walks in, and they said, just keep following the hallway, another door would open. Everything was, was controlled electronically. And what, what he, every door, every, every way he got in, and what he realized was there was a control room back there where they were watching everything, they had cameras on everything, everything was controlled there in that control room. Maybe I, I haven't been in, in too many jails recently, but it, it may be that way today. Like, <laughs> no, stay with me. Okay, and, 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 the, and the idea is this. You're, that control room, what if somebody who had the wrong motives got in that control room? He could open every door. He could, he could create havoc in there. And that's what the enemy's idea is. He wants to get in and, and deal with our minds and the subtlety. Now, I'm, I, just, I just felt impressed to to share one, I think it's a subtle one that the enemy uses on people, and, and, and it's this one. So if, if this hits home personally, but I actually know this, this thought came to me. It was, it was last year sometime. Why don't you look up one of your old girlfriends? Now, that's a, that's a thought that came. Now, a lot of times, here's, here's what you got to do. I didn't think about that go. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do that. I, I know how that would bless Joy a lot. If I, did. <laughs> if I looked up an old girlfriend. But, but how many of you know, and, and what I did was, I stopped it right there. Thought came, stopped it. But how many people haven't stopped it? I can't tell you how many divorces that have taken place. Because somebody looked up an old girlfriend, an old boyfriend. And the thought is, thought will come, why don't you just message them? Just see how they're doing. So you can pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Pray for them without messaging them. 
But do you see where that can go? Then you make contact, and then you're like, and then the enemy goes, you know, boy, y'all had, had a thing going. In fact, you've never met another soulmate like them. And the one you've got now, no. That's subtle. That's crafty. And if you're aware of it, you can stop it right where it starts. Say, well, Alan, I believe one day I'm going to get to the place where I don't ever have those kind of thoughts. Okay, and I'll get there with you. And we'll rejoice in heaven. Because <laughs> that's where we're going to be. When we're living down here, and this is what I, what I, talk, I want to talk about more. This is where the battlefield exists. It's in the thoughts, in the mind, in the emotions. I'll close with this. Joy knows about it, so I can tell you. <laughs> when I tell you, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm working out in a place, and, and I'm working out. I'm one of the oldest guys there. I know I'm one of the oldest guys there because no one ever asked me to spot for them on the bench press. <laughs> They'll look around for somebody. They'll walk right past me. Like, I ain't going to ask him. I'll drop it on my chest. So I'm, I'm working out. I'm working out one night, and there was a, a lady working near me. She was, she was beside me, and she was working out, and I just, I just being friendly. When I go in the gym, I like to be friendly because there's a lot of people that need the Lord. So I'm, if you're nasty, they don't want to listen to you when you tell them about the Lord. So I'm friendly. So I said something casually. She started talking, but then I noticed her conversation was very flattering. And it was, and it's been. And I finally started thinking, is this lady making a pass at me? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm a grandfather. I mean, people don't. <laughs> women don't make passes at me. They call me sir, and they kind of yeah, you're in the. They see me and they go, oh, you remind me of my grandfather. Well, that's great. And I thought, I think this lady's making a pass to me. She was, she was young. She was younger. Well, younger. Since I'm the oldest guy in the gym, yeah, you ought to be younger. And, and, and here's the other problem. She was attractive. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't admit that. Don't be an idiot. Don't look, they're not attractive. Yes. Yes, and and I, I, I and, and boy, she she was she was. I don't even tell all the things she. But she was really coming on strong to me. And after I got past the initial shock of it, <laughs> I actually started to think, huh? Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> Now, now, if you're thinking, I need to find me a spiritual pastor because that man, <laughs> that man ain't right. No, that's, that's the enemy. That's being subtle. And, and I found that, that after, when I left, I, I've still got those thoughts running through my mind that I had to deal with. Are you listening to me? Say, well, wow, you're, you're a pastor and you still have to deal with things? That's exactly right. I still have to do. Listen, if we didn't have to deal with stuff, how come you see so many pastors fall? Yeah. So I, 
and I finally, I finally caught my thoughts and went, whoa, wait a minute, what in the world am I doing? So I told Joy about it. <laughs> no, that'll expose it. And, and I, I told Joy, I said, you know, I was wearing these workout gloves. I said, that hid my, my ring. I said, so that I went in there the, the following, whatever my rotation was. She was there again. But this time I, I, did, I worked out my gloves off. <laughs> and, and you know, I never saw her again. But I, here's, what I, here's what I honestly believe. I believe that was a while, a scheme, a tactic of the enemy to catch me off guard. And, and that's, you see, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. But we're not ignorant of his devices. Does that make sense? We'll talk about this next week. Joy and I are cool. Everything's good. <laughs> but it, it's good. But, but, but listen, honestly, that kind of transparency will help you in your marriage. Amen. If you'll just simply say, hey, this, this happened. So, let's pray before. Say, you got any more stories? Next week. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your wisdom. We're grateful. We are not down here helpless victims of the enemy. He's defeated and we're strong in Christ. Help us see that. Help us see how great your power is towards us. And Lord, we thank you for it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed real quickly. If you came tonight and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, and I know that, and he knows it, but I really want one. Or maybe you're saying, I used to have a relationship with the Lord, and I'm so far away from him. I came tonight, I want to be back in close fellowship with the Lord. I want to come back to him. Either one of those situations apply to you. We're going to say a very simple but very powerful prayer. We're not going to have you get up or come to the front. But if that's you, and you would like our prayers, would you slip your hand up? Just across this auditorium, thanks, thanks, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, appreciate that, great. Thank you, wonderful. You can put your hands down, we're gonna pray. If you didn't lift your hand in one or two, you can still get in on this prayer. We're gonna pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.